Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 62 Anna Maria, the Teenage Mind Flayer. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Charles Basili's table in the Levitating Platter. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests, the best unofficial D&D podcast, in my humbly biased opinion. Uh, this is a podcast, a show brought to you by Plus One EXP, which is started by our dear friend of the show, Tony Vicinda. So if you're in the market for a beard balm that's flavored after one of the classic D&D stats, whether you need some strength, charisma, dexterity for your beard, in addition to that, you can check out some of the cool and awesome RPGs that Tony's developed, including Beards and Beyond, Eye Toaster, which is a brave little toaster RPG uh, project called Repugnant, and then he has this new one that he's been working on called Down We Go, uh, which is an OSR, rules light sort of a system. And uh, along with all of that, besides the actual plays and live streams that Tony's doing on Twitch and YouTube with Plus One, there's the Plus One Forward program, which if you go and support Plus One Experience and Tony on uh, Patreon or any of these other different mediums, funds are going to go on to help support additional tabletop independent creators to make awesome content as well. If you use my affiliate promo code when you go to checkout on the store, Randolph, you can save some coin on your purchase and give a little bit of a tiny kickback to me. I certainly would appreciate it. So again, to do and see all the wonderful, awesome things, go to plus1exp.com. Be sure to check it out. Thank you. I turn the microphone over to a returning guest. Uh, would you like to reintroduce yourself to the audience and uh, tell us how life's been since we last spoke since the early days of the podcast? Hey, yeah, I'm Charles Basile as a Kurt mentioned, and um, been playing D&D and other RPGs for quite some time. I've been doing pretty good, all things considered. It's been an interesting past uh, year or so, and uh, don't think there's any two ways about that, but can't complain, doing pretty well. Yeah, I was going to say, we're both family life. Uh, you know, we got young ones now in our lives. We coped through uh, the pandemic uh, for the most part and, uh, you know, still keeping in touch. And we've been able to play a little bit of D&D ourselves on Fantasy Grounds online. Isn't that correct? Yeah, yeah. Not a, um affiliate here, but definitely a tool that has come in handy multiple times just with uh, my old 
high school friends, our um, group kind of got scattered by life and whim and all that. And then our um, physical tabletop group uh, kind of got scattered um, by the, uh, well, the pandemic. And so it's a handy little tool. So since you're a returning guest, obviously we don't necessarily have to rehash all the same questions. Have you come across any other interesting NPC or side quests that kind of caught your attention? That's a good one. Yeah, so there's definitely been a couple interesting little NPCs that have uh, cropped up. A big one recently that seemed to be kind of a hit was a half-ogre named uh, Surter who was hungry and uh, wanted a... uh, big challenge and the uh, the party directed them to a uh, somewhat uh, hated noble back in the uh, little survivors camp in our uh, kind of evil campaign we were doing <laughs> and um, that, that wound up landing actually a lot better than I expected I was <laughs> honestly uh, throwing them out there as a uh, foe for them to fight it was a little bit of a tough challenge but uh, they solved the problem with uh, diplomacy instead uh, convincing <laughs> him that uh, there's uh, food and fights to be had uh, at this uh, this other place Yeah, that was very funny. I think it was uh, Elise and I kind of tag teamed that conversation and persuaded them using our evilness being like, hey, yeah, there's better stuff to get south of here than right here right now. Yep. He was blocking the road and uh, you guys got him moving along and uh, yeah, he is probably going to make another appearance at some point. So uh, be ready. Okay, we certainly will. And then any interesting side quests? Oh, yeah. Um, So... In the other campaign with my high school friends, we have been playing about as much, so, you know, once every uh, blue moon, but the uh, they're off in a um, desert. The general campaign world is kind of low magic, and um, they're in a uh, high magic area where, like, you know, this old majocracy kind of uh, collapsed. And uh, they're exploring some ruins, and they've met a mummy who's um, kind of acting as a jailer and has written a ton of books. And um, he's asked them to help uh, murder some other mummies who um, he's more or less uh, doomed to keep guard over for all eternity, barring their intervention. Mm. So that one's, um, they've got some interesting little, I don't want to talk too much about it, but some interesting little um, gate portal magic shenanigans and uh, some puzzles planned for that one. But yeah, it's basically, uh, if you think like old style adventure game, Mm -hmm. go and kill these five bosses. It's not too far off from that. I, I won't lie there, but I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing that little sequence out. And then, of course, you know, I always like to ask about passions. And so in the last year, have you found any new passions? Nothing new so much so, but yeah, like the, uh, I've been stuck at home, so I've gotten pretty big back into board games. And so I've started um, trying to make my own little uh, board game organizers and all that sort of stuff out of various uh, materials. Foam boards, pretty easy. Wood's a little harder, but uh, I'm looking at a CNC machine to help cut the wood. That might actually be a lot of fun. So level of uh, nerdiness is uh, not just playing board games, but organizing them so that they're easier to play. Mm. There you go. Yes. <laughs> or it could just be cabin fever. That's <laughs> also another possibility. It could just be cabin fever. The world may never know. It was good to check in uh, with my guest, Charles, and see how he's doing. And now, of course, you know it's time to head into NPC creation. <laughs> memory serves me correct the last time that you were in npc creation you were one of the first people that just got to roll dice and try out the tables and so if you want to uh test the fates a little bit tonight and randomize a character we can do that 
definitely. I'm, if it's between dice and no dice, I say I let the dice roll. All right. So, of course, we like to figure out a name for our character. And if you want to grab your d20 and give that a roll, we'll figure out what's going to be the name of your character. It's like it's a 15. 15. Okay. This response provided by Elizabeth Horsley. Anna Maria. The next question that we have to answer is, what is the ancestry of the character? And this is going to be a D100 or 2D10 roll. 75. 75, as I check my list. Ooh, okay, so you've got a choice here. You can do a standard Illithid Mindflayer, an Alhoon, or the uh, Eulitherids. So basically something in the neighborhood of Mindflayer. What are you thinking? Um, Emery is going to be a standard mind flare. The next question to answer is, what is the job or role of Anna Maria in society? That will be a D10 role. That's a four. Four. Okay. This response provided by previous guest, Shannon Robichaud. Calligraphy. Anna Maria is a calligraphist. Okay. Seems so, reasonable. How old is the character? Let's roll a d8 to figure out the age range. That's a two. Two. Teenager. So a teenage illithid, a teenage mind flayer that is a calligraphist. Well, now we have to ask ourselves the question of what is the physical appearance of Anna Maria, the illithid calligraphist? What are you even picturing in your mind right now? Um. Let's see. So... Teenager, I'm picturing probably, you know, imagine um, your average medieval teenage girl, except just an illithid. So you got your, you got your, you know, like basic farm-esque dress and uh, calligrapher. So it's embroidered. You know, it's a little, it's a little finer. Uh, do you imagine there are any uh, ink smudges and stains on the hands? No, no ink stains on the hands. We'll go with ink stains on the, uh, on the like little tentacles. Huh? Oh, so she writes with her mouth tentacles? Yeah, I mean, it's far more efficient. You can you can hold, like, at least three quills with those things. Okay, interesting. So kind of like a whole Davy Jones sort of a thing where the uh, octopus independently uh, moving tentacles that almost have, like, minds of their own. Okay, interesting. Probably not canonical illithid, but hey. It's whatever we feel like making up on this podcast, I guess. <laughs> the minute that you start rolling dice, it's like all rules go out the window. If you had to describe Anna Maria with three adjectives, what adjectives would you use? Three adjectives. Let's go with precise. Let's go with prissy. It's a good trait for a teenage mind player. I mean, you got to be sarcastic when you're a teenager. What's a valuable item, a piece of lore, a secret, or an ideal or concept that the character ascribes to? So first roll is a D4 for the category. That's a one. One is an item. So now you get to roll a regular d6. That's a six. Six, okay. Gemstone necklace. Any thought as to why it's important to her? Ooh, so let's see. It could go dark, or it could go, you know, just 
standard teenager shenanigans. Let's see. As an Illithid, I feel like your coming of age is kind of your first meal, and so it belonged to her first meal. Ooh, wow. Okay. Which seems to beg the question that I'm sure the entire audience was waiting to ask. Where in the world is this character living? Is this a underdark Illithid city? Is this an extra dimensional place? Where are we going to find her? Logically, I suppose. Or maybe illogically. Maybe she's in a normal mundane town. But people are like, oh yeah, she's just a weird teenager. Tentacles in the face. That's normal. It's like, no, that's not normal. Yeah, I, I almost want to say, you know, just a sleepy farm village, but hmm, I think I like that, actually. Yeah, just at the risk of uh, too many uh, juxtaposed shenanigans here, we'll, we'll go with the sleepy farm village. Is she part of an illithid family that just lives above ground? Is it like a conehead situation where it's like clearly they're aliens, but they've fooled everyone else into thinking that they're like normal people, but because they come from some other part of the world, they're like, oh, that's just how they are from that part of the world yeah i i i think it's probably something like that it could oh also gosh. just be it could also just well be the uh they just don't quite know what an elephant is and they're like yeah i mean you know seems quiet enough okay Sorry, now I have that imagery, the Coneheads, and they're talking like very technical uh, language and they just look odd, And but people just accept them. They're like, uh, sure thing. Like, can I ask Anna Maria out on a date? Like, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go in the meadows. And then Anna Maria will inevitably uh, eat that person's brains. People go missing occasionally, you know, yeah, it just uh, happens. It just happens. It's part of life in a medieval society. What is a particular quest that Anna Maria would be willing to recruit or hire player characters to go and do on her behalf? This is going to be a D12 role. That's a four. You let me know if you think this is in line with Anna Maria's character. This was a suggestion provided by Stephanie Jones and Andrew Newcomb. Steal some documents and switch them out with a forgery. Now, being a calligraphist, is this something that is going to be uh, important for her to do? 100%, yeah. Okay. Does it have to do with Teenage Rebellion and stuff? I'm, I'm sure it does. Uh, it's probably something like, you know, if the players wind up reading the documents they're switching out, um, it's, you know, love letter type thing that uh, she needs uh, switched out with something a lot more mundane. She accidentally, you know, gave her crush the love letter. If the players are successful in stealing documents and then switching them out with a forged copy, what is she going to reward the players with? Handwritten copy of uh, Xanathar's Guide to Everything, signed by Xanathar. Like, in the context of the Forgotten Realm, she's going to literally provide that? Uh, yeah, but it's totally a forgery. Oh, I see. Signature's faked. Oh, she faked the signature on it. Okay. Yeah, adjust to taste for your um, <laughs> locale. Or, yeah, if you're playing in your own homebrew. So, basically, like, some sort of compendium book. Prominent compendium that's definitely not accurate. Okay, so an inaccurate compendium book for your campaign, for your world. <laughs> yep. That supposedly has a famous person's signature, but she forged the signature because of her calligraphy skills. Yeah, I think I like that. 
And maybe just to loop back around, because I don't know if I got the question answered. So her job is a calligraphist. So is she working for like a criminal organization or is she like a legit people ask her to do fancy writing all the time? Does she work for like the local lord or something like that? Like, oh, draw up these documents, make them look nice and pretty. And, you know, we got to send them off to the, the king to look nice and stuff. Little column A, little column B, I'm sure. She is employed with the local government, but she also does work on the side for, like, various criminal organizations, and her skills come in handy to uh, criminal element types. Yeah, and I'm sure that the uh, particular criminal elements are also, you know, happen to be part of local government, if that makes any sense. Oh, okay, so it's just corrupt local government that she's involved with. Yeah, that seems that seems about right to me. And so just to clarify, I mean, I know we were saying like, oh, the documents that she's going to have you steal to switch out with a forgery. Now that we have this insight, is it not a love letter that she's having them steal back? It's like some kind of documents, like important legalistic documents for the local lord or government or whatnot? Oh, she'll definitely tell the players it's that, but no, it's just a love letter. (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't want them to read it she's just like oh go recover this important document it wasn't signed properly and we need to uh you know i need to i have the corrected version here and i just need you to go grab it and then uh, bring it back to me and i'll give you the other one which is the forgery to pass off that there's no corruption going on or whatever it's it's totally going to be played off like it's more serious than it is but that's really kind of above her pay grade if it if it gets into that you know sort of territory with like local shenanigans the or like the local corruption shenanigans so it's a love letter from like the government like from the lord or or whoever that's what it is it's not a blackmail incriminating sort of a letter i i I think it's it's just a love letter she wrote oh that she herself wrote okay and so she's totally playing it off like it's way more serious than it is she mm-hmm. is actually affiliated with these people, but she's just, you know, the calligrapher. They've got people that would do this for real if, you know, there was an actual issue. But she's a super embarrassed teenager, all that sort of fun stuff. And so it's a, it's a much bigger deal for her than, you know, she can't just obviously ask the, you know, black ops folk that the local lord keeps on his payroll to go and do this for her. Because, you know, it's just a random teenager who does some uh, forgeries on the side for them. I was going to say, who's the letter going to? <laughs> Why is it such a big deal to her for her to get this letter back and then switch? it out with another version she can't admit her feelings to this person yeah so probably just some local shopkeep boy person type thing and you know just accidentally gave him love letter instead of requisition for materials or whatever her order Oh, okay. So she was just kind of absent-minded and, you know, she had written out this letter, but she had, she never had any intention of sending it and she was daydreaming. And then she, you know, put the wax seal and gave it to the messenger. And then she's like, oh no, I sent the wrong thing. Yep. Something very much in that vein. Just okay. out of character for her. So she's not really sure what happened there. That's, that just seems amusing to me. What is going to be the consequence of failure or refusing the call? So if she's asking for help, but they fail to get the letter back in time to be able to switch it out, or they just say, no way, weird, illithid teenager girl, we're not going to help you. What's the consequence? Um, Her and the shopkeeper are actually going to hit it off, but she's never going to forgive the party. (laughs) She's going to be vindictive or she's going to be resentful about it, but yet she's in this happily ever after sort of a situation. That seems... 
on the surface, maybe. That seems teenager enough, yes. Okay. Now, whether she actually will really, truly love this person or she'll get bored and then just be like, your brains look yummy. I'll eat those now. That's yet to be seen. Teenage love is a fickle thing after all. <laughs> do you want to tackle any optional questions or do you feel like Anna Maria is uh, detailed in full? She is detailed in full and perhaps at the risk of being a little too detailed the way I've uh, rendered it here. But yeah, so basically she has some distant underworld connections. Some of the commissions she gets are definitely forgeries, but she has nothing to do with delivering them, has absolutely nothing to do with, you know, swapping them out if there's a problem. She happens to have gotten herself into a pickle because she accidentally gave a love letter instead of an order. And that's the quest she's given the players. Consequence for failure is they will um, hit it off and she will be very resentful. The reward for success is a forged, inaccurate, copy of some local planar celebrities compendium well i think we've learned quite a bit about this anna maria character and i think it's only fitting now to head into a random encounter Random Encounter is brought to you by Reaper Miniatures. They're in my backyard here in the DFW area, and they've been making awesome paints and gaming accessories and miniatures uh, since 1994. Uh, If you have the opportunity, you can request a tour and uh, get to check out their factory and their game store. Get some reject mini pieces to add to your collection. It's a fun, good time. They've got everything on their website. Just search their SKU catalog, and uh, when you're shopping in the store or you're shopping online and you spend at least $40 on your purchase, you can get the mini of the month for free. And it's always changing. It's always something new every month. Of course, the Reaper Miniatures website's going to stipulate any restrictions on that. But if you're checking out Reaper Miniatures on the web, if you go to my podcast website, the link provided in this episode, you will see that there's like an affiliate link uh, that I have that redirects to Reaper Miniatures. And if you use that link, it helps to track traffic from my podcast over to their website and it helps to build our affiliate relationship. I know I recently got a $50 gift card from them because of that. I am super appreciative of it and I'd like to foster and grow that relationship even more. So be sure to check out Reaper on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, all the places on cyberspace where the cool kids are happening these days, and uh, check out Reaper Miniatures. So where we last left our hero, Duncan, he was finishing up a bit of marketing and uh, testing out his salesmanship skills for a certain Vodalkin and uh, Deathlock with some uh, interesting penny loafers. And uh, Duncan is sporting his own pair. Uh, He has, you know, wanted to take them off, but, you know, with the uh, residual magical effects of the loafers in particular, he just can't quite bring himself to actually remove uh, the penny loafers from his feet. But that's okay. He is enjoying uh, those nice magical benefits. Um, And it's not too long after that he's making his way to another small town run by uh, a local government, you know, the same sort of medieval society he's used to, uh, when he comes across uh, a small farm and he can see that there is, to his wild astonishment, an illithid girl dressed like a normal peasant young 
maiden frantically pacing in front of her house. And the last time that Duncan saw an Illithid was back in the Underdark when he was helping out uh, Israd, the Quagos shopkeeper, put on the local town play for Morrow the Great, who was a Illithid mind flayer there. So Duncan is certainly caught off guard having a bit of deja vu, uh, but he will cautiously, cautiously approach and he will say, I hope that my eyes are not deceiving me, but excuse me, young maiden, but are you in fact an Illithid? A mind flayer? Oh, perfect. Are you an adventurer? I'm not hungry right now, but um, I need some help. Um, I don't make mistakes, but I kind of made a little one uh, just, a, just a little bit ago, and I think you might be able to help me. Duncan, kind of uh, caught off guard uh, at the normal conversation that they're having, uh, will say, why, yes, I am. I am Duncan, the suicidally brave adventurer for hire. Uh, he quickly, reflexively, it seems now, reaches into a pocket and pulls out like a parchment uh, business card thing and he hands it over and you can clearly see written on it, you know, Duncan, suicidally brave adventurer for hire, no task too big, no feet too small. Uh, and he says, yeah, that's kind of my uh, fatal flaw is that any quest or task but before me it's my charge it's my honor it's my duty to undertake it so uh i understand that you're in need of some assistance how can i help you uh, great um she kind of takes the card with like two fingers and kind of drops it off and side and um <laughs> yeah uh dust your hands off so um i do a little work for the local lords from time to time and uh, he has me write some letters on behalf of people who are a little less uh, willing and uh, there's been a little bit of a mix-up here and uh, I'm willing to give you a copy of Xanathar's Guide to Everything signed by Xanathar himself um, if you are able to switch it with uh, this one and she pulls out a um, sealed letter but uh, I, I wouldn't read either of them just go to the shop intercept the messenger swap the letters out and uh, bring me the the well the wrong one and uh, put give them this uh, right one don't let anybody know and definitely don't read the letters. They're really sensitive and the local lord would be really if he found out about it. And Duncan will roll an insight check and determine accurately that, you know, she is sincere uh, as far as like her wanting her earnest uh, to get the letter back. He can tell that, you know, she is upset. Uh, she's frantic. You know, she desperately wants this taken care of. We'll say it's not quite high enough for him to reason like, oh, it actually is a legit copy of a guidebook that he's going to be getting. But he's at least more readily concerned about like her demeanor and her attitude. And he'll say, OK, well, well, not to worry. Um, well, what is your name? I don't think I, did I catch your name beforehand? Oh, no, I, I, I didn't introduce myself. I'm Emriam. If you need anything written, I'm your little bit. Very well. Okay. So he looks at the letter in his hand, uh, and he'll say, now, which shop am I to make my way towards perhaps making my way there? I'll be able to, uh, find the messenger. Uh, sure. Yeah. It's about a mile that way. It's basically the only building it's the first building you're going to come across. The, the, he lives just down. The, I mean, the shop is just down the road. Duncan will like take a beat to like recognize kind of how she said that. And he'll be like, okay. And he'll try and like play it off. Like, okay, wink. I don't know what this actually is really about, but uh, you know, he'll, he'll so go along with it and he'll be like, okay, well, I guess I better get walking then. And so he like he does a quick turn and he'll uh, start making his way in an uh, effort to intercept the messenger. And scene. <laughs> awesome. Well, 
NPC character number two in the bag. Uh, so what do you think? Uh, much different than uh, Taco, the Rakshasa Valet. Yes, quite a bit different. Totally different energy. Totally different uh, demeanor. And uh, I'm sure that totally different adventure might have gotten a little bit more of her uh, sass, her sarcasm. But Well, I'm glad that you had some fun tonight. We got to make up a truly zany NPC. I think last time when we asked the question, when we got to this part of the final thoughts and saying, hey, if you've got anything to plug, if there's a cause or something that we need to know about, is there a cause? Is there a new project? Is there something that we need to be on the lookout for on the horizon? Oh, no, not quite yet. Perhaps if I'm any, if I'm able to get anything going with those organizers, I might wind up having something for you guys next time. But uh, no, I got no shameless plugs here. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Charles, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to speak with me. I'm glad that we're able to slowly start getting older guests rotated back into the schedule. And uh, we'll be talking to you again some point here in the future. And we'll have probably another zany NPC to add to the list. Oh, yeah. I mean, we might have a father-son thing here in a few years if uh, this podcast is going to be around for a while. And it's only going to get bigger, so... I certainly hope so, and I appreciate the vote of confidence in the longevity of this podcast. Might have to open up a Patreon or something to ensure its longevity. But yeah, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Of course. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Side Quests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, sidekicksandsidequests.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for SideKQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our show with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four! Sidekicks, sidekicks,